Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Topics for this evening are The Young Gun Takes Home the Trophy at the Memorial, UFC 289 Live from Vancouver, Canada, The Last Leg of the Triple Crown Races, Has the Clock Struck Midnight on the Cinderella Story, Continuing on with the Stanley Cup Finals, More NBA Teams Find Their Next Head Coaches. Things are heating up in the NBA Finals. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Thursday night. Uh, beautiful day in Delaware, Ohio. Um, back in back in the studio, uh, me me and Matt. Uh, Matt was was on vacation last week, so we had a fill in last week for for uh, everybody who was on on vacation. So um, good to good to have Matt back in the back in the studio. So yes, uh, real quick before we uh, jump into our our first. Topic. We're going to give a uh, shout out to our, our our corporate one of our sponsors, uh, BetStamp. Uh, they're a sports betting app. Um, so, Ad will tell you a little bit about what their what their app can do for your sports betting needs. Thanks. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. The same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sports book will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sports books will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of long-term winning. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 plus yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on the Apple iOS Store, Google Play Store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using promo code FIREDUP and start your journey to successful sports betting today. If you forget to use the code upon sign up, you can always enter our code in your BetStamp account settings afterward. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Uh, like Matt mentioned before the break, uh, going to talk a little bit of golf, uh, recapping the uh, the Memorial Tournament that was uh, right here in our kind of on our backyard, uh, right here in Dublin, Dublin, Ohio. Um, you know, beautiful weekend for golf. Uh, you know, super hot, and you know, an event that that Matt and I got to enjoy. Uh, you know, taking taking some golf on on Saturday. Um, you know, third third round so we get to see you know some of the some of the big guns you know uh battle it out here um in a in a in a you know a tight battle you know real real close you know from top to bottom on the leaderboard you know nobody really you know obviously separated themselves from each other uh real real close pack uh but you know victor hovland the young the young guy uh taking home taking home the trophy here at, at uh, jack's jack's tournament if you will that took him a little golf to do it right right yeah fans that you know were there on sunday got to see a little bit of little bit of free golf if you will um you know had to had to go to a one one hole playoff uh between him and, and denny mccarthy um who was kind of somewhat the leader throughout the last day uh most most of the last day and till you know kind of the last couple of holes he you know just kind of struggled down the down the stretch but uh you know matt what, what do you what do you think about this tournament you know hovland's hovland's win here yeah you know it's, it's always exciting to see that the young young guns show up and you know really start to make a name mm-hmm. for themselves so yeah. that's always a cool thing and right get some extra golf that's fun too but you know to me the the real story of this tournament was the, the co- absolute collapse mm. of hideki matsuyama mm-hmm. i mean for the first three days of this thing he was running away with the tournament mm-hmm. I, I feel like we kind of jinxed him we, right, we right. showed up to watch him on 12 and right. all of a sudden he has a triple bogey drops mm-hmm. from seven under to four under right ends up finishing the tournament even par finishing right. at 16th place right i mean that's just to me that's an epic collapse mm-hmm. that's how he really fell apart there so right I don't know. To me, that's the story of this tournament. Mm-hmm. His collapse is the, I mean, these young guys, that, that's awesome that they were able to mm-hmm. come up there and fight for the victory and get it. But right. that, that collapse is going to haunt Matsuyama for a while, I think. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> had mentioned a little bit on the show, you know, last week with, you know, the hot, dry conditions. I mean, this, this course already plays fast or the, the greens already play fast. And then, you know, you got 90 days. I mean, it, it, it really wreaked havoc on, havoc on some of these golfers. Um, you know, I think probably this 
this this course played played tougher than it has, you know, in most recent years. Uh, probably, probably probably the driest tournament they've ever had. Right, Memorial. right, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even say that Hovland was even the best golfer the whole weekend. Um, you know, obviously came out on top, but uh, you know, probably didn't play his best. You know, best rounds or you know the best rounds he's played before. Uh, but was just, you know, consistent down the stretch and, you know, kept himself from making too many big mistakes, right. um, you know, and allowed him to just kind of hang around there towards the top, um, you know, and I think the difference for, you know, for, for Hovland in this one was, you know, on, on the, in the final round on the back nine, he had four, you know, four back nine birdies that really kind of separated himself that, uh, you know, I think it was 17 he birdied, which was the, he was the only person the whole week, the whole wow. whole tournament to birdie number 17. So that was, yeah, a huge, huge win for him, a huge, uh, you know, opportunity. Uh, I mean, this, this guy is obviously, I mean, he's, he's in the top 10 in the, in the world golf ranking. So, I mean, he's a consistent player, a guy that's usually up there right. towards the top, but uh, you know, just hasn't, he's, you know, won a couple of times, but this is kind of a, a big one, you know, right. to win, you know, I know, the like more thing yeah. closest to a major, here, right? So. Right. Um, and he's and he's you know been been right there even in the major tournaments. Um, you know in the in the last three you know majors, he's had a top a top seven finish in all three of the last you know last three majors. Right. So he's you know showing what he can do and and breaking through. Um, you know and and you know get it get a big win here. You know at uh, you know uh, at the memorial and you know kind of you'll see what what he can do. You know the rest of the year. Obviously we got. Got the U.S. Open coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks, so that's you know obviously the next next major on the on the list. So we'll see what uh, what he can do. But uh, you know a lot of the a lot of the guys, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting that that Victor did win this because this was actually one of the guys I had uh, listed as as a guy I thought was gonna gonna compete and do well, mm-hmm. um, you know, at this at this tournament. And uh, you know, you probably would have called me crazy because historically he really has not played very well at this tournament. Uh, I think, yeah, his best place finish was like 48th or something like that. So, you know, he hasn't, hasn't played all that great, um, you know, playing at, at Muirfield, but uh, you know, this one, he, he, you know, played consistent golf, was able to keep himself in there, but you know, even some of the other, you know, big, big guns, um, you know, with it being such a, a, you know, a tight race or, you know, whatever, you know, he didn't have to shoot, way under par to really be competitive right. in this thing. I mean, uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, you know, six, six under was, was third, um, you know, kind of finished six under before the other two guys or whatever was kind of hanging around waiting to see, you know, Hey, maybe these guys, you know, slip up and I right. might, you know, get sneak get my win in, you sneak into a playoff, but you know, just didn't just, you know, wasn't able, you know, wasn't able to happen or didn't happen. Um, you know, John Rahm, um, you know, finished dead, dead, even for, for the four days, uh, which was good for, tied for you know 16th which is you know kind of interesting because most times yeah you shoot even yeah, golf yeah, you're you're towards the back low, yeah, yeah you're, you're you're almost finishing somewhat last or you know maybe not even possibly making the cut sometimes so um and then patrick cantley uh actually was went two over another guy that was over the co- course of the you know couple of days was up towards the top mm-hmm. of the leaderboard but uh, i think you know sunday or you know saturday and sunday he really kind of kind of fell apart as well um and then uh, the last guy kind of had you know listed was was uh, Xander Shoffley, and he finished one over for for the tournament or whatever. So yeah, very very tight race. But uh, you know, hats off to to Victor for taking taking home this one. Um, like I said, uh, coming up in in a couple of weeks, we got the got the U.S. Open. You know, big 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 one for him. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, what what Victor can do, or you know, see. Uh, yeah, who's who's hoisting that that trophy? We'll we'll talk about that here in in a, in a couple of weeks. So. All right, all right, all right. Well, moving over then to a uh, little bit more action, a little bit uh, you know crazy crazy stuff. Uh, UFC two eighty nine. Um, like I mentioned, uh, like Matt mentioned when we introduced the talks, uh, going to be in Canada uh, for this one, uh, Vancouver, um, and and. For those of you that have been kind of watching recent events or you know current events, uh, Vancouver is not close or nowhere near where where the uh, you know the wildfires in Canada are, are taking place right now. So kind of Vancouver more on the west coast, uh, wildfires more on the on the east side of, of uh, Canada. So should be should be all good. But uh, yeah, some 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 action in in Canada. I think this is the this is the first big time event that UFC's had in Canada. They've had huh. several smaller events um in in canada but never uh like a pay-per-view type you know right. type deal here so this is you know first time canada's getting there you know getting you know big time big time action here 
Um, Not getting the greatest card in the world. Right, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I would have to say this, you know, looking at the guys or, you know, the, the even the girls uh, that are on the, you know, the main card, it's, uh, yeah, much, I think, much to be desired, um, if you will. Um, and, you know, it's going to be taking place on, on Saturday, uh, June 10th. Um, obviously the big one, you know, the main, the main event, uh, is the women's bantamweight title fight between, uh, number five ranked Irene Aldana and then the current belt holder and champion Amanda Nunes, you know, hands down, probably the, the greatest women's fighter of, of all time. Um, Matt, what do you, what do you think about that, about that fight? Yeah. I mean, look, looking at the tail of the tape between these two, uh, it looks like Nunez would run away with this thing. She's mm-hmm. 22, five, uh, in her career, she's got 13 knockouts, four submissions, five decisions. She's nine one in her last ten fights. So she lost lost uh actually it was the fight before uh this one coming mm-hmm. up. So, mm-hmm. or actually two before this one. Yep. Because then she was able to win her title back and yep. be fighting for fighting for the title here again. Mm-hmm. You got Irene uh, Aldania though, she's only fourteen and six in her short career, eight knockouts, three subs, three de- decisions, only seven and three in her last ten fights. Mm-hmm. You know, just just looking at the records alone, you it seems like this is Nunez to, to pretty run one, away with. Pretty one-sided, yeah. yeah. I think at this point, it's it's a matter of, you know, does does Nunez still have that fire in her to be, right. you know, that, that, you know, she's accomplished so much and, you know, her, you know, her career in the UFC, it's, yeah, it's not always a matter of like, you know, whether she's the better, you know, fighter or not. I mean, most cases, she almost always is. Right. It's whether or not she, is she yeah, is she the motivated one? Is she yeah. still want to fight, you know, at an elite level to, to prove that, yeah, she is, you know, still dominant. I think that's going to be, going to be the key in this one. Um, yeah. Can you, can you get up, you know, get up and be ready to go for a, you know, a five, potentially five round, you know, go with, with, you know, somebody that's trying to make their name, you know, make their name for themselves and, you know, really, really, uh, you know, set themselves apart or, you know, be that, that person that, I beat Amanda Nunez type right. deal, you know, kind of add to their, add to their legacy, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see, obviously, uh, you know, there's been uh, here recently in the UFC been a, been a run of kind of Mexican born fighters that have, that have really been fighting well, uh, both men and women. Um, so yeah, currently in the UFC, you got two, two champions um, in the flyweight division, men's and women's in Brandon Moreno and Alec, Alexa Grasso, who hold the belts in those, in those divisions uh, that hail from Mexico. And then if you count the, uh, the interim featherweight champion right now, uh, Yair Rodriguez is actually the third, third champion. So potentially, you know, uh, Irene could, you know, add to the kind of that Mexican legacy here. And, you know, if she's able to knock off, knock off Nunez and, you know, hold the belt, uh, you know, then, you know, she'd add to that kind of Mexican, Mexican lore, if you will. Um, then the, you know, the other fight kind of maybe somewhat the co co-main event here, uh, in the, in the lightweight division, uh, that's number four, uh, Benil Dariush going up against the number one, uh, Charles Oliveira. Um, this is, this is going to be, going to be a good one. I think, uh, maybe, could potentially even be better than the than the main event. Uh, uh, I think I think it probably is the one that everybody's kind of looking forward to on this, just because both of these guys I think are fighting for something to something to prove here. Um, you know, likely whoever wins this fight is going to get a title shot to go up against you know Islam Makachev. Um, you know, he's he's yeah, <laughs> they're going to have their hands full obviously with him, but I think this is going to be a bloodbath to, to get there or you know an opportunity to to get there. It's going to you know really tell them here um like i mentioned both both guys have something to prove you know Oliveira, you know lost his title in 2022 um so i think he's out to prove or you know out to show that you know that was just a bad day at the office you know just a a bad day in the octagon kind of a fluke type thing um but you know dariush you know he comes into this uh comes into this fight on an eight fight win streak Mm -hmm. um that i think we know that he's somewhat legit, but beating a guy like Oliveira, I think, puts him in that, you know, somewhat elite elite category yeah. and, you know, gives him, you know, some some credibility, if if you will. So it's going to be, yeah, going to be an interesting one. You know, both these guys um, somewhat, you know, they're not going to be knockout type guys. They're going to, you know, somewhat try to try to get after you, uh, submit you a little bit. Right. Or, uh, or go rounds. And right, right. Hope, hope they, they get the the scorecard in their favor. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, anything you want to want to say about that, about that fight? Yeah. I mean, just lo- looking at all time records here, you got Oliveira who's 33, nine and 
33 and nine. He's got nine knockouts, 21 submissions, three decisions. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, uh, Dariush, he's 22 and four, five knockouts, eight submissions, nine decisions. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's either going to go to the ground, somebody's going right. to sub somebody, or, right. or this is going to go the distance. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, I, I love this to potentially go the distance and right. go to judge's scorecard. Here. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then yeah, looking at the rest of the rest of the coming outside of those kind of you know. Like I said, I think even that bantamweight, you know, title fight in the women's division, I think is, you know, probably going to be pretty one-sided. Uh, I think the 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 really only great fight on that card is is this lightweight fight between right. you know Dariush and, and Oliveira. So we shall see what happens. You know, uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll prove me wrong. You know, sometimes the guys that yeah have a lot to prove or you know nobody's really you know heard of they're the ones that you know show out and mm-hmm. um, you know make a name for themselves on you know on TV. So. We shall see who's uh yeah who's hoisting a belt who's moving on you know who's who's moving up the rankings and you know gonna keep keep moving up the ladder to you know keep uh, potentially get get their shot at a at a title fight so all right well moving from the octagon over to the racetrack um, the third leg of the triple crown races the Belmont potentially gonna be happening this weekend uh, like I mentioned with all of the uh, all the wildfires here in, in Canada with all the smoke that's, you know, blowing around and whatnot, they actually had to cancel, uh, cancel practice today, um, at, at the Belmont, uh, due to, you know, the air quality being, being so bad. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like there's an end in sight or, you know, this smoke is looking like it's going to linger around. So bit, yeah. it's, uh, haven't officially called it yet, but you know, it is in danger, you know, possibility of not running if, you know, if, if that, you know, smoke continues to kind of hang around, but we're going to wonder, do, do they call it for do they wait a week? I mean, do right. Yeah. Have do they else just, lined up? Ready right. To go? Right. Yeah. Or, you just, you know, call it and we don't race it or, you know, how right. does this, how does this work? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know how they, how they typically, I mean, I think in, in horse racing, it's, it's kind of like golf. They almost have an event. Like there's, there's some kind of race almost every week, right. if you will. So yeah. it's kind of hard to like push it back a week because, you know, some of these horses that are in it, maybe, you know, moving on to the next, the next race right. or the next, next racetrack. So I don't know what they'll, what they'll do if they, you know, potentially, you know, move it to like a Monday, you know, just, I guess it probably all just depends on what the, what the weather conditions look like, but, uh, probably use some rain to not knock some of that <laughs> right, smoke out of the right, air. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to preview it as if the race is going to, going to, you know, continue on and, yeah. you know, see what, uh, you know, see what happens. But, uh, you know, if, if the smoke, heavy smoke wasn't there, it looks like it's going to be a great, you know, somewhat of a good day for, for racing, not too hot about, you know, 75 degrees, you know, light, light wind, um, you know, up there in kind of upstate New York. Um, Matt, what do you, what do you think about the Belmont? Uh, any, any, any particular horse you like or what, what's your, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, this is another, another one that could go, go in anywhere. There's mm-hmm. only nine horses in this race. Right. Uh, top three contenders right now are angel angel of empire seven and two uh forte five and two and tap at trice three and one mm-hmm. uh those are all guys that were right there at the uh, kentucky derby as well mm-hmm. um then you got the preakness uh winner national treasure he's actually going off at fourth right now mm-hmm. so he's not even a betting favorite after mm-hmm. just winning the preakness so right, that's right. kind of odd that he's not really a betting favorite he's right. five to one mm-hmm. and then to me interestingly enough the the kentucky derby winner mage who mm-hmm. uh also finished third in the preakness He's deciding to sit this one out. They, his owners kind of talked a big game after losing, right. losing there in the Preakness. That oh, we're coming back and we're, we're gonna we're gonna beat the guy who just beat us. Uh-huh. Nope. All of a sudden they're, they're not showing up. Right. So, right. You know, I, I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I would would like to see Mage, you know, really show out and, and right. prove that, that you know the Derby wasn't just a fluke for him mm-hmm. in, the, in that race. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think. This is the uh, 155th running of, of the Belmont. So, you know, been around a long time, um, you know, and they're going to be, uh, you know, as long as they get the race and everything, you know, goes according to plan, they're going to, you know, be celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of uh, Secretariat's Triple Crown mm. win back in 1973. So that's kind of a, you know, a memento or, you know, kind of a, a historical moment here, you know, in horse racing. I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, this is the last leg in the Triple Crown races. Right. We will not, you know, obviously have anybody that's, you know, competing for the Triple Crown since Mage, you know, wasn't able to pull it off last, you know, couple weeks ago at, at the Preakness. It would have been really cool to have a horse going for it. On right, the on the 50th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. yeah, probably would have been, yeah, I can't even imagine, you know, <laughs> what, uh, yeah, what, how much people would have been laying money down yeah. on that or, you know, whatever. That's so. But uh, yeah, this this track is actually the longest of the three uh, Triple Crown races. It's a mile and a half long. Um, 
and actually nicknamed the the test of the champion because of the length of it. Um, so you know you you maybe don't have to get a great a great start out of the out of the gate, but uh, you know you got to have that endurance. You got to be right. able to go go the distance. You can't you know start out real hot or whatever and, and really trail off because you got you got quite a few legs to to get around the you know right. get around the track here. So definitely got to probably the the horse that's going to be the most consistent, I guess, or, you know, that is, you know, set the pace and, you know, not, not wear themselves out in the beginning, but mm-hmm. still have enough left in the tank, you know, towards the, towards the end is going to be the, the, you know, the horse that, that takes it home. But, uh, you know, million, million and a half dollars for, um, you know, is the purse, uh, about 800,000, you know, whoever wins this thing, um, a little bit of, little bit of history. So if you're, if you're starting in the one, one spot, that's the, the, you know, the number one post, that's actually, um, the post position that's won the most times at the wow. Belmont. So, yeah. and typically that's not the case at most right. races because you're starting on that inside rail. But I think, I think it's because so you know, few horses. Yeah, so few horses. You're a little bit, a little bit more evenly spaced out. You know whatnot. But interesting enough, you know, a, a twenty to one odds. You know, tap it shoes is the one that's you know uh, starting in number. You know, the number one uh, position. So, you know, I guess if you're looking for kind of some long odds or maybe a, you know, a dark horse to, to throw some money on, you know, like I mentioned, num- the number one post is, you know, one at the most times, uh, you know, at the, at the Belmont, but, uh, you know, at the, at the same time, almost, almost 50% of the time, whoever, whoever the favorite is going into the race is the, is the yeah. horse that's won it. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Forte's up there, um, you know, Matt mentioned, you know, tap it trice angel empire, um, you know, and interesting enough, you know, Forte was was kind of the the favorite going into right. the Kentucky Derby, but then was a late, you know, a late scratch from the from the race. Literally, the morning of the race, you know, wasn't able to go. So, with this is going to be, and then you know, didn't did also didn't race at the Preakness. So this is our you know first look at him in in one of these big races. So it'll be interesting to see with him being off the last you know couple you know couple weeks here. Right. What's what's he got? You know, what's he got in the tank, or what's he you know what's he going to do for us here? So. It's going to be, uh, yeah, like I said, I think, uh, just like the, just like the Preakness with only, you know, so few horses, it, right. it, it really Anybody's, is somewhat yeah. wide open. Um, you know, and I, I think, yeah, you're just going to look for the horse there that's got the most endurance, the, mm-hmm. the horse that can really, you know, take this thing home and, 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 you know, get around that, that mile and a half track and, you know, not wear themselves out. So it is, uh, yeah, going to be, going to be interesting, you know, hopefully, hopefully they get the race, you know, obviously a big a big event, you know, draws in, draws in a lot of money, um, you know, for, for the, you know, city that, that it's located in. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they get to, uh, you know, get to race it and, you know, no issues there, but, uh, you know, there is, there is the potential there. So we shall see if we're, uh, yeah, recapping this thing next week or hopefully we are. Yeah. Um, so we shall see. All right. Well, moving from the racetrack, then over to the ice, um, Stanley cup finals underway and, Man, it's looking like a pretty one-sided affair here. Um, The uh, Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Florida Panthers. Golden Knights are up two nothing uh, in the the series. And, you know, both games have not really been, you know, uberly competitive Mm -hmm. in this one. Uh, The Golden Knights have, you know, controlled it basically from opening, opening ice, you know, opening tip, I guess, if you will. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on the series so far? You think the Panthers are done? You think they got a chance? I mean, Every time you think you can count them out, <laughs> right. they, 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 figure they, it out. they figure it out. But, but uh, yeah, like, what, what do you think? He said Vegas leading this thing two games to none. And, you know, Florida got to the finals by having amazing defense mm-hmm. and, and play and goal. But, right. man, in these finals, they've looked awful on that side of the puck. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're giving up almost six goals a game. Um, they're only scoring two goals a game. That's not going to win any time no. of the year, no. let alone the Stanley Cup finals. Right, right. So, you know, they, they're really going to have to tighten it up. Bob mm-hmm. going to have to wake up turn it and around, turn yeah. it around. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we've seen this quicksand happen to Bob's before, mm-hmm. and it doesn't usually seem to have a right. turnaround when, it, when right. it starts happening like this. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I hope it's not mental for him. I hope they can turn around. <laughs> right. they, they've, they've been great. They've been fun to watch. Right. I'd love right. to see him, Take you know, home. extend this thing a little bit mm-hmm. at least, you know. Nobody wants to see a sweep in the in the, in the finals, but right. man, the way Vegas is playing, right, it's it going to be hard to not a sweep here. They're just they're hitting on all cylinders, and mm-hmm. and Florida unfortunately isn't at this point. I don't right. know if they've just kind of tired themselves out. They put it all out there to right. get there, right, right. If that, if that's part of the problem or, or what's going on. But I tell you, it's crazy how these Stanley Cup 
playoffs in general have really mirrored the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, the first couple of rounds were exciting. Everybody yep. was into it. And then right. you have the conference championships that were, eh, you know, okay. so-so, yeah. you know. And then now the, the championships are almost a flop in both of them. Right, it's, right. It's crazy. They've really mirrored each other. And mm-hmm. you've had the, the Bostons and the Floridas and, right. you know, kind of all fighting and, and right. like the same cities and everything. It's, right, it's been right. crazy how these things have really mirrored each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, um, you know, game, game three going to be happening tonight about, you know, 20, 20 ish minutes or so they're going to, you know, going to get it, get it started. Game three, obviously Florida, you know, back on home, you yeah. know, back on home ice. Maybe that's the difference in this one. Uh, but Vegas has been, you know, just as good on the road as they have been at home. Right. So, uh, you know, just a very, very well balanced team. Um, you know, you talk about you know goalie play, and as well as or you know as bad as you know Panthers goalie because they even made the switch in game two to their backup, you know, somewhat their backup goalie, and he didn't come in and fare much better. Right. So it seems like yeah, no matter who the Panthers have put in the net, uh, has not paid well. You know, paid dividends for for the Panthers. But you look on the on the flip side, you know, Aiden Hill uh, for Vegas has been you know nothing but almost perfect in this one uh you know game one he was 33 for 35 on saves uh, about 94 percent save percentage Mm -hmm. game two uh saved 29 of 31 for a 93 and a half percent save percentage um you know so far through the playoffs you know he started 11 11 games and he's uh, averaging about 93 percent save percentage he's only been below 91 percent twice and when when they were when below that number, they lost both those games. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I think the margin there is, is, you know, pretty tight for, mm-hmm. for Vegas. Um, so I think if Florida can get there and get, you know, get some shots, get some opportunities, um, you know, I think that, I think the opportunities are there. I think that the momentum can swing in this mm-hmm. one. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah, seeing that puck go through the, go through the net. Um, if they don't get back in it tonight though, down three. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be going to be uber tough at that, at that point, you know, as well as Florida has played throughout these playoffs, you know, I just, yeah, don't see even, even as well as they played coming, coming back from a three. Yeah, winning, winning four games in a row right. in, in a championship atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I, I going to take special, yeah, yeah, special, special, you know, special play there. But, uh, you know, I think I think the other thing, you know, other thing for me is Vegas, you know, on the power play, both on offense and defense in the power play has been really, really well. They're they're four of 11 when they have the advantage and they've killed all seven opportunities that Florida has had. So, you know, they're, they're playing really well, um, you know, and, and I think some keys outside of goalie play for for the Panthers to kind of get back into this thing is they got to they got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They already got. Through two games, they they've racked up 130 penalty minutes, and you know have given Vegas 11 power play opportunities. So you know, and obviously Vegas is doing a, a great job That's of con- right you know converting that. So I think, yeah, I know the Panthers like to play somewhat of a physical style. Mm-hmm. That's you know kind of their you know identity, but I think they got to maybe tone it down just a tad, you know, to to you know keep. Vegas from getting those, you know, man advantage type opportunities. And clearly, uh, clearly the officiating's tightened up a little bit right, here. So right, you got to, yeah. you got to change your game to, right. to match what, what you're getting there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, the Florida obviously has only scored four game, you know, four goals through the first two games. So they got, you know, I, I think that they're going to have to pick, they're going to have to pick up the scoring, um, you know, because this Golden Knights team is just so well balanced, has right. so many guys that can, you know, score the puck that, yeah. Florida's got to got to figure it out on the on the offensive end. I mean, I think both both sides they got to you know play play better. They have yeah. not you know not been great in the goal. They haven't been you know great on the offense either. But I think you know if they can you know correct the defense. I think I think it starts with the defense. Mm-hmm. If they can if they can start the defense and get that going, I think the offense will will come. I mean, there have been several opportunities or several times in these playoffs where they've won games one to nothing or two to one or, you know, whatever they've been in those, you know, kind of low scoring affairs. So I think if Florida, yeah, can get their defense really corrected, I I think they can get, get back in this Mm -hmm. series, but it it starts tonight in game three. I I have to agree with you, man. I don't think going on three Oh is not what you, what you want. Um, You know, so I think definitely game, game three is the the swinger here, um, you know, for, for Florida. Can they, can they claw their way back into it or, you know, are we, you know, again, both these teams, one of these two teams, whoever wins, taking home their first Stanley Cup. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Somebody's, you know, somebody's going home, you know, with their first, their first, you know, championship. 
you know, obviously Vegas has been, you know, has been around, you know, a very short amount mm-hmm. of time. This, this is their second appearance in the, in the Stanley cup. Uh, same for Florida. They've been in the Stanley cup twice as well. So, um, you know, somebody, somebody's going home with, with a championship, but, uh, yeah, Vegas is looking, looking dominant through the first two yeah. games. Um, we'll see if that can, that continues in game three, or if we, you know, see the Panthers, you know, kind of show some signs of life. So, all right, we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us. We're going to talk a little NBA when we get back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Well, before we talk uh, NBA Finals, got some more coaching moves here. A couple more teams. Adding their new new guys at the helm, um, three a lot of new guys, but same old. Yeah, guys. I mean, you know, same same faces, different places yeah. at this point. Um, you know, so we'll just yeah, kind of run through here. Uh, you know, first one on the on the slate, that's the, the Philadelphia 76ers, Sixers. Uh, you know, found their their new guy, but you know, not new to the league because uh, it's you know former Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. You know, headed to the headed to the you know to Philly to be the next head coach there. Um, you know. The past, you know, spent five seasons in Toronto as the head coach and racked up about 227 victories there there in Toronto. You know, secured himself an NBA championship and uh, also was you know NBA coach of coach of the year. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think of this hire? Good, bad? What, what do you think? You know, of the three hires, I I like this one the best. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, like you said in five seasons in Toronto, he was 227, 163. Yep. And you know, I, I blame Toronto for the fall off, not necessarily Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. They they let all their uh, you know talent walk and mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. get them anything to replace them. Right. You know, it, what are you supposed to do in this league without a star? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he it still kept him in contention every year. So. Right. I, I think he's a heck of a head coach, and I think he's going to do great things with that star stud group there in Philadelphia. Yeah, at, at, you know, like I said, he took Toronto with a bunch of guys that were, you know, good, but mm-hmm. maybe weren't stars at that point in their that, career, right. uh, other than Lillard. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. or not Lillard, uh, Leonard. Leonard, I'm yep, sorry, yeah, yep. Kawhi. Yep. But other than Kawhi, really, you know, those other guys were, eh, right. you know, you really turn that team into a championship contender. What, what right. he can do with Joel Embiid and James Harden and, right. and those guys there in Philadelphia, I, I think he's got. They're on the right path here for a championship. Yeah, well, they'll, he'll, you know, got a tough uphill, you know, climb because you know Philly's looking for their first NBA title in almost you know forty mm-hmm. years since they've won won an NBA championship. And um, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting because you know a team that we'll actually talk about here in a little bit, the the Phoenix Suns also had an offer to Nick Nurse for them for him to be their next head coach right. but uh ultimately you know Nurse decided to go go to Philly um based on his his desire to coach Joel Embiid he mm-hmm. wanted to be uh really wanted to coach coach Joel Embiid be you know be his coach and you know really really uh you know get after it but uh he also has some some history with uh you know the 76ers uh, president of basketball operations Daryl Morey mm-hmm. um so you know those kind of two factors is is kind of why uh Nurse decided to go with with Philly instead of instead of Phoenix right um so yeah it'll be be interesting um you know and obviously I think Nurse's first order of business is signing one of those key players in James Harden mm-hmm. who will be a free agent this upcoming offseason uh so that'll be you know be huge you know, if, if Philly's willing to let, you know, wants him back or, you know, willing to pay him, you know, what he thinks he's yeah. worth at this point, uh, you know, that's that's going to be a big key for, you know, this 76ers team to continue to be contenders in the in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I feel, um, I feel like you got to pay him because right now there's no other great option out mm-hmm, there to replace mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if the Suns do what we're hearing, they may do and, and release CP3. Right. Now, now maybe you let him walk mm-hmm. and you hire CP3 to make right. that, that change and right. be your floor general. But, yeah. Cause but I think, it, I think you get CP3 probably at a probably cheaper, a lot cheaper, you know, yeah. somewhat at a discount, I think, um, you know, compared to what, you know, James Harden has right. been saying that he wants or the money that he mm-hmm. could potentially get, uh, you know, in the, in the 200, you know, ish million for, 
I don't know, four or five years. So right. it's uh, yeah, could be could be yeah, a better better opportunity or you know, a possibility to you know get get a veteran you know at a at a cheaper cheaper mm-hmm. rate, uh, but a guy that's you know obviously got a, got a ton of experience in in Chris Paul. But uh, you know I think you know in in Philly, uh, Nurse is going to bring kind of a a defensive mentality. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy that, yeah, is more known or well known for his for his defense. Uh, you know, some some stats that I that I saw. Um, you know, with this, I mean, Toronto didn't have a great season. They made you know made it into the play in tournament, but didn't make it. You know, didn't make it out of there to actually make it into the playoffs. But uh, this was this was a team that that um, led the league in steals, but then also allowed the fewest steals mm-hmm. in the league, which is. The first time that that's ever happened uh, since they actually started recording that stat wow. back in 1973 is when they started recording officially recording steals. Um, so, first time that that's ever happened, and then you know they actually led the league in points per game off of turnovers, hmm. while also allowing opponents to have the fewest yes. points hmm. off of off of turnovers. So, definitely going to bring you know a, a defensive mindset to to this Philly team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see they, you know, last year, obviously with, with Doc Rivers, they were, you know, top 10 in both, you know, offensive and defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, what, what they can improve on or, you know, what, what, the, you know, I think at this point it's, it's somewhat mental for them. It's, it's getting over the hump. They've been, you know, right there mm-hmm. so many times of just advancing to the Eastern conference finals and just, yeah, have a mental breakdown or a mental lapse, you know, in, in crucial moments. So going to be interesting to see, yeah, it, what, what Nick Nurse is able to do, kind of in right. those in those tight those tight situations. Absolutely. So. All right, moving over then, uh, yeah, to our next uh, uh, next coaching hire. Going to move over to Detroit, uh, a little bit up north from us. The Pistons found their new guy, but uh, a face that again is familiar with <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, former Phoenix Suns head coach Monty Williams going to be the next head coach uh, for the Detroit Pistons. Got himself a six-year, seventy-eight and a half million dollar deal. Right. Which actually makes him the largest—it's the largest coaching deal in NBA history. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, interesting. A guy that you know had some some decent success, or you know, some mild success in Phoenix. You know, obviously was never able to win, you know, win a championship, or you know, have have as much success I think as they wanted, you know, in Phoenix when it came playoff time. But uh, you know, to to get himself, you know, a big a big deal like that, man, that's uh, yeah, pretty pretty uh, bold move by this by this Pistons team. I'll tell you, if I'm some of these, you know, primo head coaches in the NBA, though, I'm really upset about this deal because mm-hmm. I mean, in nine years in the NBA, he's really hardly anything more than a 500 head coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he's 367 and 336 over his time. Right. So to me, this is the most kind of meh right. hiring mm-hmm. of the three. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, he's he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but. I, I think the Pistons had to pay up though, because they're not getting somebody to come there. They don't have the talent. Right, so right. to to get a high caliber coach that may be able to recruit some talent in there, mm-hmm. I, I think they had to pay up. Yep. I, I think that's kind of the driver of this deal here. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you look at the next guy we're t- going to talk about, Frank Vogel and yeah. his deal. Yeah. I mean, success about the same. Yeah. And nowhere near. Nowhere that, near the price. That, that, so. that, that level of money. So. Yeah, no, Monty. You know, Monty Williams is going to be replacing uh, Dwayne Dwayne Casey, who actually is still still with the team. He actually moved into a front office role, hmm. uh, so still with the team. But you know, record over the five seasons that Casey, you know, was the head coach, one hundred and twenty one and two sixty three. So well, well below you know five hundred. Yeah. Uh, you know, during those five seasons, the Pistons only made the playoffs once. They got swept in the first round. Um, you know, this is a a, a franchise in, in in Detroit that has now gone seven straight seasons where they finished below 500. Um, you know, their last winning season was back in 2015. Um, so they got, you know, have not had much success here the last, you know, almost decade. Uh, you know, they're crazy looking, how much they've fallen off. It's the right. Chauncey Billup, you right. know, Tayshawn Prince right. championship days of those. Absolutely. Teams. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, how quickly that, you know, a franchise can change, yeah. you know, based on, you know, some players and, you know, I think for this Pistons team, I mean, because of, you know, how bad they have been the last several years, obviously they're picking up towards the top mm. of the, you know, top of the draft. So they're loaded with a lot of young, you know, young talent. Um, you know, Jaden Ivey, the number five pick from last year. Uh, Jalen Duran, the number 13 pick from last year. They also have the number one pick from 2021 on the, on the team and Cade Cunningham, who, you know, last year actually was only able to play 12 games because wow. of, um, you know, a shin surgery that he had mm. to have. So, 
this team is is loaded with a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent, and we've seen you know what that what that can do. You know, sometimes in this in this league, uh, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies you know come to mind when you know when I when I'm talking you know young guys or you know draft picks or you know even look at the Golden State Warriors you know before they started you know started the the reign that they've had here the last you know several several years. It all started with draft picks and you know young guys with you know Steph Curry and 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 Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. All those guys were drafted by by golden state right. so you know that's that's kind of the kind of the blueprint and you know the pistons are going to have the fifth pick in this year's draft too so going to add you know possibly add another young another, another young guy to, yep. to the mix so you know we'll, we'll see what uh you know what monty williams can do obviously gonna have to make yeah quite a bit of a turnaround there in, in detroit to you know really get them back on back on track um like i said had had some Decent success there, there in Phoenix, but uh, you know, I, I think prior to that, he was the head coach maybe in New Orleans. I think was was prior. Yeah, New prior. Orleans for five years, Phoenix yeah. for four. Yeah. So, and you know, I think again had some kind of mixed mixed results in in New Orleans, but uh, we shall see his third stop here. You know, with Detroit, we'll see what he what he can do. But uh, yeah, going to be a heck of a heck of a turnaround with you know a big a big price tag on it. So. Well, then moving over to uh, Monty Williams' former team that yep. uh, found their next head coach. Uh, you know, another familiar face, um, Frank Vogel, who you probably recognize was you know the former Los Angeles Lakers head coach. Um, you know, headed out to headed to Phoenix on a on a five year deal. I think you said around thirty thirty one million. Yeah, thirty one yeah. million. So, Matt, what do you think about about this hire? Vogel up for it? Well, you know, look, looking at that, like I said, looking at that Monty Williams deal, this is a steal. I mm-hmm. mean, Frank Vogel's a guy who took took the Lakers and won an NBA championship right. over his uh, career here with the, the Pacers magic and the Lakers. He's got a combined record of 431 and 389 mm-hmm. in 11 seasons. So, you know, much better than that almost 500 percentage of Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think not a bad hire for the Suns. Um, really to, to me, it's just going to depend on what do the, the stars of the Suns really think? Cause mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of a big thing is how these which is mesh mesh with their stars, right? You know, Monty Williams with the Pistons, he probably didn't have much to worry about there because right. there is no big ego star there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, like how Nick Nurse is gonna, you know, get with Joel Embiid, and and how uh, Frank Vogel is gonna end up with with Booker and uh, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, right. and, the, and the stars there in, in Phoenix is gonna gonna be interesting. But Vogel was able to do it with the stars in L.A. He, he mm-hmm. got LeBron to play with with the uh, with Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis right? so. I mean, I think he can handle the star power. I think he can work with the, those type of players. So, and interesting that he'll have kind of a, a similar combo to that LeBron, Anthony Davis with Durant and mm-hmm. uh, the big there, DeAndre, and Ayton. De- DeAndre Ayton. So, you know, what he was able to do with LA, he, I think he has a good shot of being able to replicate there in Phoenix with, I think, probably a, a more talented, younger, mm-hmm. maybe not more talented, but a younger, younger, cool. more athletic right now mm-hmm. combo. Right, right. Yeah, it'll be. It will be interesting, you know, obviously, yeah, Vogel was able to do it. I think it was in his first season with the Lakers, able to, you know, get them together and, and win a championship. But uh, that was the COVID year, right? to be fair on. Right, right, to the other teams or, you know, other other guys, you know, whatever, you know. And, and yeah, it, 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 it will be interesting because, uh, you know, the next year after that, it was, yeah, somewhat all downhill from right. there. It was, a you know, a complete night and day difference from, you know, the, the year prior. So, you know, I think I think for me, Vogel has always been a coach that's been great when he doesn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. When he's got just the the common guys, or you know, more of a of a team type deal, he usually is able to get the most right. out of his guys when he doesn't have the most talented like guys. His Pacers teams were yeah were really good. Always right? always competitive. You know, Paul George obviously uh, was there in in Indiana. You know, kind of built him into you know a, a superstar in right. the in the league ever and. Yeah, I felt like Vogel was always a better coach when he, yeah, was kind of the underdog or, you mm-hmm. know, some somewhat, you know, uh, you know, not well talked about or, you know, kind of uh, in the shadows of some of the other the other guys. So it will be interesting to see, you know, what what he does, obviously, in Phoenix, where he's going to have, you know, another great, you know, talented team and a kind of a right. two headed monster and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, how he gets them, you know, to continue to play, you know, play with each other, play together. I think at, at this point, it's, you know, I've some of the downfall of his you know tenure in, in LA was that he could never keep all the guys healthy or on the floor which right. you know is nothing you know not his fault you know nothing to do nothing to do with him 
Uh, but that'll be, yeah. Can can Booker and, and Durant be on the floor at the same time? Mm. Can they, you know, stay healthy? Uh, I think that will be, you know, really a way to measure the success of this of this Suns team. Um, so we shall see what uh, what happens. Like I said, uh, you know, new new places, but uh, you know, very same, you know, familiar faces. So we'll see what uh, what these guys can do in their, you know, new uh, you know new stops along the along their coaching journey. So all right, well. Moving over to our last topic, uh, sticking with the NBA, talking the NBA finals here, uh, you know, somewhat similar to uh, the Stanley Cup finals, been, you know, somewhat one-sided. I mean, the Heat didn't, you know, game two did, you know, show some signs of life, got themselves a, got themselves a victory after, you know, game one, not not so great a performance in, in game one, but then game three, the Nuggets, you know, <laughs> said close the yeah, door on the Heat, that. you know, potentially, you know, uh, saying, yeah, keeping keeping that Cinderella story going, uh, you know, got to got to win, you know, last night in a in convincing fashion. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Is you know, are we are we done? Is this it, or or or, or do the Heat still have a chance? I think this thing ends up going six. To be honest with okay. you, I, I think it is the Nuggets series to win. But you know, the Nuggets have got to play a, a full basketball game like mm. they just did Game Three because. Um, games one and two, yep. they very easily could have lost both because in the fourth quarter, got outscored they got man. outscored po- be- awfully. Oh, yeah. I mean, it very was a huge one-sided mm-hmm. effort in the fourth quarter. Right. Miami almost came back and won that game one. Mm-hmm. They did come back and win game two. Right, right. So, I mean, this thing could be 2-1 the other way. Absolutely. But af- after looking at that dominating effort in game three and being in Miami and putting mm-hmm. up that effort, they right. had two guys triple go with 30-point triple, triple doubles. Double. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got the Joker going for 32, 20, and 10. Then right. you had Jamal Murray, 30, 10, and 10. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of stat lines for yeah. two stars. Right. But you also got to remember that those two have got to do it. Right. I mean, you look at that, there wasn't much else. Other right, than those exactly. Two. Yeah, that was so going to be my next point. You, yeah. you slow one of these guys down, and you're right back in this thing. Mm-hmm. You got a good shot. So, right. you know, if if you can slow down the Joker, you can slow down Murray. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that's, that should be the heat's focus. Mm-hmm. Let one get his, right. don't let the other get theirs and yeah. play your game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think obviously easier said than done. Right. Uh, I think at this point you let Jokic do what he does. I mean, yeah. you look at his stats, game one, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. Mm-hmm. Game two in a losing effort, 41 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Game three, 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists mm-hmm. in that game. So I think at this point, Jokic is unstoppable for us. Right. I, I don't think anybody on the Heat has a, has a chance of guarding him or mm-hmm. stopping him or slowing him down. I think the key is you got to stop Jamal Murray. Because right. if you look in game two, when Jamal Murray didn't have his best game, I mean, yeah, I know the Heat only won by a mere, you know, three points, mm-hmm. but but a win's a win. But that was success. That yeah. was what you know what you know allowed the Heat to have some success. Uh, was by slowing down, you know, Jamal Jamal Murray. So I think that has to be the focus. Is is yeah, let Jokic do you know do what he does, but try to you know focus your attention on Jamal Murray, slow him down if if you can. But the guy has been nothing but phenomenal himself, not just in this series, but throughout these entire playoffs. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, because if you look at it, yeah, you look at the stats. I'll say those two guys, yeah, Denver's lucky that they have those two guys playing at such yeah. an elite level because they are not getting what you would want from some of your, you know, bench guys or, you know, kind of your second tier players. Uh, so I think, yeah, the Heat have to, you know, feel some confidence there that if, yeah, they can figure out, you know, this one-two punch that mm-hmm. the Nuggets have, I, I think that they got a real legitimate shot at, at you know, being in this thing or, you know, competing in this thing and, right. you know, maybe, you know, pulling off a, you know, a major upset, if you will. Um, I think, I think for the heat, they got to get their second tier, their second level guys going. That's what has gotten them. I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler has played, you know, out of this world and, you know, has led them here, but it's really been their role players that have really stepped up right. in crucial moments and game three, they shot horribly from the three point line, mm-hmm. their second, you know, second players, didn't contribute much in that in that one. Uh, you know, I think that yeah, for the Heat to, to stay competitive on the defensive end, they got to stop, slow down Jamal Murray, and they got to get the other guys going. Right. The other, you know, outside of Jimmy Butler, they got to get those other guys mm-hmm. into the game and get them get them rolling. Um, you know, well, especially being at home, they they, right. they ought to be more comfortable there than anywhere. They right. ought to be able to put up some points. Yeah, I got that home crowd behind them. You yeah. know, have the energy there. Uh, yeah, that's you, you got to. I mean. 
obviously game four going to be going to be tomorrow night uh, in, in Miami, you know, down if, if they lose game, you know, game four, they're down three to one. Mm-hmm. Only been one team in the history of the NBA to ever come back, you know, down three one. That, that was, took LeBron James. That took Cleveland LeBron Cavaliers. James, you know, a, a phenomenal effort to, to do that, um, you know, so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't count. You know, I wouldn't go to the. You know, go bet and put all your money on that because <laughs> right. just because it's only happened one time. Um, but you know, I think yeah, the Heat. Yeah, to have a legitimate shot, they got they got to even this thing up and yeah. you know go back to Denver tied two to two two. Because um, if you, I mean, history is already not on the Heat's side because uh, you know teams that have won Game Three after you know being tied one to one go on to win the finals 80% of the time. Yeah. So it's, they're already got their backs against the wall, you know, a tough, tough mountain to climb. So they got to, got to get game four. They've got to get it, got to get it figured out. Um, you know, I think it also starts on the offensive end of, of figuring out how to shoot, shoot better. I mean, in game two, they, they shot comfortably almost 50% from the three point line games, one and three, they've shot putrid from, from the three point line. So they've got to, Got to, you know, that that's what's gotten them here. They're clutch shooting those those role players. You know, when Jimmy Butler drives in and, you know, gets double, triple team mm-hmm. and kicking it out to those guys that are wide open, they got to knock down those open shots and, you know, give 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 some help. It'd be really nice for them to get Tyler Hero back, too, to have mm-hmm. a little more of a one-two punch right. there. Right. If, if he can get himself healthy enough right. to get back into this series, that mm-hmm. could turn the tide a little bit as well. Right, yeah. From what I hear, he's still – technically not cleared to play mm-hmm. yet. So I don't know game four, you know, probably still a question mark, right. or probably not likely, but you know, at that point then, you know, if, if they lose game four, do you, do you throw him in there right. for, for game five? You know, I, I don't know. I depend, I guess, probably, if you can, well, you throw it right, all out there, right. I guess. You got nothing else to lose, <laughs> right. I guess, you know, it's a, yeah, the season's done. If you lose, you know, lose, you know, both these next two games. So, um, we shall see. Yeah, exciting stuff. You know, in the in the NBA, uh, you know, the, the Nuggets look like the dominant force they have been all season. The Heat have somewhat come back to come back come back down to earth. You know, from their great play that's gotten them you know this far. So we'll see who can make the right adjustments and uh, you know get the team to you know hoist a hoist an NBA championship. So. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight's show. Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. Um, And you can find, you know, this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.